Hey, I'm Paul. And I'm Jenny. We're from Devil Skin. And you're listening to the New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Welcome to a special episode here of New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. We're actually going to be lifting the lid off the Tinder box that is Tinder and exposing the world, the sordid world, or sometimes sordid world, of online dating. And with me, I've got some special guests with me, Louisa. Aloha. Who shall remain a surnameless. And Gracie Aroha. Kia ora. Kia ora, Gracie. And uh, well, no stranger to the show is Mr. Jared Tito. Oh, it's always lovely to be here with you, Wal. And uh, nice to meet you, Louisa and Gracie. I can't wait to hear their stories, eh? Because I, I think they've got some pretty mean ones coming up. Um, I, on the other hand, have nothing really much but opinions. Okay, back to you, Wal. Yeah, I can tell you're more interested in their stories than your own. Um, okay, so everyone, uh, gentlemen and, um, and women, please start your Tinder engine. So let's, uh, let's all get online now. And in the meantime, uh, this week I spoke to Grace Taylor, um, who's a spoken word poet and also debut director for her show Skin, which we saw at the Auckland Basement Theatre, Jared. Oh, yes, yes. So, uh, very interesting. Poetry Slam kind of assembled, but put together by, by Grace. It was. Very good, too. And also, Louisa, you've got some dealings with Grace Taylor as well. Uh, yes, Grace and her partner, Darren, um, kind of really introduced me to Spoken Word, which, yeah, I'm a fan now that I've seen them do it live. Okay. They didn't meet through Tinder? I don't know how they met. I don't think so, though. They've been together for a long time. Pretty okay. Okay, quash those rumours. Okay, quash the rumour. Okay, here we go. So this is the interview with Grace Taylor, and this is what she had to say. Okay, well, spoken word poetry is, is probably not three words that I'm familiar with, but we've got somebody here who can explain um, what that is, and her name is Grace Taylor. Welcome, Grace. Hello. Um, Grace is just, um, well, she directed and written uh, the new Auckland Theatre Company performance of Skin, which is uh, playing at the moment at the Basement Theatre. Um, Grace, uh, great to have you on the, sh- on the show. Thank you. I'm good, good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> nerves aside, nerves are still aside. Um, your, your show, Skin, uh, I, which I was uh, fortunate enough to, to check out and have a look at it. It was fantastic and uh, it, it was quite new for me being uh, a a spoken word poetry virgin, but um, fantastic. Um, you're the writer and director. How did that go, uh, directing your debut theatre show? Mm. Well, I'm, I'm actually not the writer. The, the, the cast are the writers. But <laughs> Sorry, let's rewind that back. Okay, right. The, the cast were the writers on this on the show skin. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely um, an exciting process for me. I was ready for a, a different creative process to go through from what I've been doing for the last three years. So yeah, directing was a whole other ball game, and I was very conscious of the fact of um, being a newbie into a theatre scene where the people have been working hard for many years. So I've been very fortunate with this opportunity. Uh, being new to myself to, to theatre and spoken word poetry, I, I, it was a real eye opener. Mm. Yeah, oh, well, um, I th- anything that I do, regardless whether it's my own artistic um, 
work that I put out or um, things that I produce and direct now, um, I always want to have an audience there that have never been to a poetry gig before. That's always my aim. If I can get an audience of people in there that have never experienced poetry ever in their life and they leave feeling kind of like good about it, then then for me that's a success. Good. Anyway, I can confirm I was one of those people. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, you um, grew up in South Auckland, part Samoan, part English as well. Um, how does somebody like uh, from that, those ethnic backgrounds actually get into you know, spoken word poetry or poetry in the arts? How did you come across writing and, and arts and poetry? Mm, yeah, um, I started writing when I was about 14, and I actually... I fell in love with words through um, lyrics of songs. So I noticed that when I listened to songs, I really enjoyed um, the lyric content as opposed to the, the musicality of it. And so I started to, this is when we had like tape recorders, and you like record music off the radio. Cassette singles. Yeah, that's the one. So I like play and rewind and write down lyrics to songs, and then I had particular songwriters that I really fell in love with and, and just developed this love of, of words and wordplay, and so I started writing. But I never performed or shared any of my poetry out loud till I was about 22. Really? I was on the down low. <laughs> For quite a long time, and not a year after your 21st. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it a, a genetic thing, or is it in the family, the writing gene? Um, I, not that I'm aware of. No, I mean, we've actually come to think of it. You're not adopted, are you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, if I am, I hope it's from a rich family now. <laughs> What's happening now with you? Now you've got one under your belt. Do you look for another project or writing with other people? Or what are, you, what are your future plans? Oh, yeah. I always got heaps. I'm a bit of a creative entrepreneur, I like to think. Um, but uh, coming up for me is um, Rising Voices Youth Poetry Movement, which is across Auckland and um, Christchurch. And that's a series of eight-week workshops with young poets, and then they had um, the Grand Slam at the Auckland Town Hall in September, so that just kick-started last week. And then I've also got, um, I'm teaching at MIT, um, Creative um, Arts School, coming up in a few weeks, doing an um, introduction to Spoken Word Poetry paper. So I'm hoping that'll be the, the beginning of um, getting the first Spoken Word Poetry paper at a tertiary level, so... Yeah, those are kind of the two things. Oh, and I've got um, Edinburgh Festival coming up really? in October. Really? Yeah, I go on the tail end in October myself and another amazing poet, Tusiata Avia, we're heading over in October to do the Storytelling Festival. So it's like a 12-day tour of Scotland and, yeah, going to cause some Pacific woman trouble <laughs> with our poetry. <laughs> oh, you've inspired me, Grace. Um, so, yeah, hi, ho, hi, ho, let's go. Um, we're... <laughs> Grace Taylor, fantastic talking to you. Thank you for opening my eyes to the world of uh, spoken word poetry, which I never knew existed until like two hours ago. <laughs> well, there you go. That's <laughs> been going for a long time. You know, <laughs> very inspiring and great hearing your story, and we're out of here. Thanks, Grace. Thank you very much. Well, um, Grace Taylor, if she can do it, anyone can do it. And I mean, uh, who would have thought doing poetry would get you free overseas trips, Jared? Yeah, well, you know, I'm not sure that I could do it. So she does have some special talent there, doesn't she? She does, she does. Um, I know you girls are uh, into a bit of spoken poetry. Have you guys written poetry at one point in your lives, Gracie? No, no, I've never read or spoken poetry at all. You never read poetry? No. Wow. That was quite poetic. Yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very like to place it here and... 
Pride and Prejudice. That's, my That's what you call artistic uh, license. Yeah, good. All right, so let's get on now. We're going to be moving on to Tinder. Uh, Tinder has been around for a while. I mean, it's no new thing. Um, but I suppose in the world where social media, media prevails and meeting people online is getting easier than going to a bar at three in the morning and getting lumped with whatever choice you have at that time. Um, let's have, have a look at Tinder. So, um, Gracie, I know you've just joined up recently just for the social experiment today. Yes, yes. Um, initially, I, I've heard about Tinder a lot and like, all my friends are on Tinder and everybody's on Tinder, gosh. And I thought, oh, I'll, we'll give it a try. We'll do an experiment um, and just see how, how it plays out, who I talk to and just have a feel for it. So you're sort of grimacing there. Are you still on Tinder? Um, well, I signed back in yesterday um, I, just to kind of get amongst it again, but um, I haven't matched with anyone because I haven't liked anyone. I'm just a bit, yeah. Okay. Louisa, you've seen some of your exes on there you were saying earlier. Um, I've seen people that I know, yes. That's, um, Is that a little bit disconcerting? Awkward, yeah, definitely. Not like close family members? or. <laughs> um, I've seen that too, yes, yeah. Um, Gracie, you told me you saw a couple of uh, celebrities on there. Celebrities? Um, I saw Kim.com yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if it was for real, but it said something about recently single down to mingle. <laughs> I don't know if it really was him, um, but if it was, I, I don't think he needs to be on Tinder. He probably owns Tinder. He, could be, he has enough money to buy Tinder. Strange, I've never seen Kim.com on Tinder. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I'll, I'll be looking for him later on, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to come back. Jared, you got a few stories we want to hear about your stories and also Gracie about some of the, the dates and some of the people you met on there. Um, but right now, the New Zealand International Film Festival is on and um, we've got Anthony Mitchell. He's been to the premiere um, of the festival to see a, a Kiwi movie by Max Curry, director Max Curry, called Everything We Love. Um, and that's coming up next. Daddy? Yes, little man. Can you show me some more magic? How do you do magic? Well, there's different kinds of magic. The kind that makes things disappear. Tommy! Turn up again. Why is this room like this? Something wonderful has happened. Something unbelievable. We're here to talk about Max Curry's new movie, Everything We Loved. And Anthony, you were lucky enough to get to the media screening, mm. um, and that was pretty cool. You just sort of snuck through the back door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, but can you just give us, uh, you know, just an idea for the listeners of what the story's about? Yeah, so uh, the story's mainly about um, this young boy, Tommy Burrows, who's a... Uh, come to live with this guy called Charlie Shepard. Uh, and then when Sia, come, Sia Trockenheim, her character, comes home, uh, finds, finds him with this child, she struggles to deal with it. Me. Yeah, so Ben Clarkson plays Tommy. Um, he's, the, the word to describe him is natural. Like, he plays just your typical everyday kid. One minute he's happy, the next minute he's having a nightmare and he's in a, in a crying fit, and the next minute he's throwing a tantrum outside because he can't play on his bike, you know? Typical yeah. kid things. And it really helps you to, to invest in his character. Um, you, obviously, there's this weird um, dynamic between him and Charlie of, do I trust you, do I not? This kid is quite frightened, but 
Charlie X is sort of this guardian angel for him. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can you can really feel him struggling to to accept the fact that this might be his new dad. Yeah. But he's not he's not sure whether to trust him or not. It's quite it's a really really good performance. How old is the little kid in question? Um, ben Ben must be ben. about five or six. There can't can't be much older than that. N- yeah, um, yeah. He's probably. Mm, He's probably actually about four. I'd say he's not. A, he doesn't go to school at all during the film. Not sure whether that's so that, he, <laughs> so that no one sees him. Well, they go out and about with this kid. It's really he's funny. He's school for a year filming a movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, um, this this kid, they they take him out and about. I'm really surprised that no, no one figured out who he was. <laughs> um, if I'm thinking. Casting your minds back to the piano when Anna Paquin was quite similar age. Yeah, absolutely. And she was, um, she actually ended up getting an Oscar mm. for that. How do you think it would go with this young Ben? Well, I ben think if, if if everything we loved could get the exposure and sort of have this this kid in the forefront, I don't know whether it's Anna Paquin level Oscar performance. I think that uh, the performances were really good. It's it. They're magicians by trade. These two people. That's their oh, show. He's a magician, and she okay. she's his now assistant. We're Sia uh, Trockenheim, her performance. So her performance is great. Um, uh, ben Ben's performance is great. Brett's performance is good. Um, it, it does feel sometimes like he's just running through his lines in a few scenes. Um, but there's one scene towards the end of the film where he and Sia have have a one on one scene, and it, it really does hit home. It, it makes you you choke up. So I think it was a really, really great first effort from Max. Great. Excellent. Well, Anthony, you just raised my movie uh, IQ, just talking to me. <laughs> well, that is a cut from us. Let's go and print that, and uh, we'll catch you next time, Anthony. Thanks Thank for joining us. Thank you very much, Well, Talk okay, to you later. Cheers. Divers searched the pond at Eastern View Park today, looking for Tommy Burrows, who went missing at the park two weeks ago. We need to be more careful. <laughs> Get out of the car. Get out of the car! You're a liar! This is your guilt that we're hiding from. You're shame for what you did to us! Don't touch me! Okay, well, everybody's um, everybody's got the shock about Kim.com being on Tinder. Um, and they're all swiping to the left, I think, except for Jared swiping to the right on my phone. Thank you, Jared. Um, I can't even see what they look like. <laughs> no, I did swipe to the right. Right is, um, means that you think they're all right, and uh, left is no, I don't want them. But yeah, you did get a lot of rights. Great. Um, now, Jared, you've got a couple of Tinder stories that you've uh, found. Experiencing Tinder, has it been easy for you to use? No, well, Tinder, this is the first time I've been on Tinder, and I've been on how long? Three weeks? And to see what it's like. Um, to be honest, I, I, I like the concept of Tinder. Actually, because you can't get uh, well, you can get stalked, but you can't get um, you can't get a whole lot of junk mail from people that you're not really interested in. So, so it's kind of like a bit like real life. You have to like them, and they have to like you. But I got a lot of those ding, ding, ding sounds. Uh, probably I don't know a lot, ten yeah, maybe. That's good. And it turns out I think all but one is from the Philippines or or, or from Thailand or, or somewhere. But I thought the whole idea... You, you're casting your net very wide across yeah, the seas. Yeah. The whole point of Tinder was that it was local people, but but still had been infiltrated. Well, by, it could be within 20,000 miles, uh, you know. Well, these people were at least 3,000, so I'm guessing Philippines, yeah. 
You must have had your settings set to like the maximum, like global. Um, Gracie, you've had a uh, an incident recently where you found out a guy that you you were you, you know talking to on Tinder was actually going to get married. No, he, well, he was married. He was separated. Of course, you went into that. No, I wasn't even into him. Like you know, it was just a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't really date at all, so this is like all new to me. Um, but yeah, he pretty much stalked me out of that. Facebooked me, messaged me, he even WhatsApp me. So I had to delete everything, block him from everything. I wish somebody would stalk me. You, Jared? No, I don't want to stalk her. I've, I've been stalked before. Eh? Not nice. Um, unless it's someone that you want to stalk you, but that that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Louisa, talking about stalkers, Louisa, you've, you've lived overseas, you've dated overseas, and you've dated here locally. Um, what's your experience within the local market with uh, guys here? Um, I, I find on Tinder, lots of New Zealand guys have pictures of them with fish. Are you getting that? Like, everybody's a, fi- a fisherman here. I don't know. Is that like a turn on? I like, eat- I like eating fish. I guess if you're a fisherman, that's a good thing. But everybody here has pictures of them with fish. Sounds fishy to me. Yeah. People, have we seen people on there that we know? Workplace people, workmates, uh, family friends. Louise, you see family as well. Um, people that we know, friends. How awkward is that? Like, I had a friend of mine who was a work friend. How was that? Yeah, I didn't know where to go left or right work in the end. Yeah. Was a, a workmate or a work a girl that works with you? What? Yeah, no, a work colleague. But I was more interested. But then I thought, oh no, they could open up a can of worms. Grace, have you found that? Um, I saw my ex so that was awkward so I was like left left <laughs> um, other than that I haven't seen anyone else Jared, uh, you uh, awkward when you see somebody on there that you know like your your aunties or or the, some some of your friends in the Warriors yeah I've, I've seen two people that I know eh? and it was similar to Gracie's left that the the um, one that I felt kind of bad because it was a girlfriend from years ago and I didn't want to snob her so I kind of felt, oh, should I go to the left? But I, then again, I didn't want to date her. So I had to, to the left, to the left, um, she went. But it was also interesting. Like, I think we suffer from the same curse because she's single, I'm single. And what happened? What happened indeed is coming up after the next uh, story we have with Tash Horhaya. Um, she's got a single called So Special and we caught up with her recently and she's done an unplugged version for us. Coming up next on New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Raise your glasses in the air. This is Tash Ohio is with me. Hi, Tash. Hello, kia ora. Kia ora, Tash. It is uh, a big kia ora morning this morning. And uh, we've got Tash is going to be singing one of his songs called So Special. Uh, Tash, this song was played on Flavor and My FM. Is that correct? Um, yep. How did you do it? How, did you like, you know, what, what, how did you get on there? Did you pay them or did they look for you on Google your name or? Uh, so I sent in a demo to the um, program directors and, um, you know, I sent it in with who I am and what I'm about and then they liked it and said they'd play it. That is awesome. That is very good. Now, musically, coming up, have you got anything musical that you're working on going to be doing with your music? Yep, so I'm working on an EP, um, slowly, <laughs> and um, hoping to finish that this year and release it by the end of the year, and um, also got Revolution Tour coming up. Great, Tash will hire. Um, now, we're going to find her on, online. Go check her out. She's got a Facebook page. 
And uh, what are you got anything else that people can look at? Any videos? Um, yep. So I've got a YouTube page, Facebook page, Instagram, pretty much a social media freak. <laughs> so yeah, anything on the internet, I'm there. <laughs> You're one of those smart uh, early adapter Maldives that have taken to the social media. Yep. Very good. Tasha Hi, check her out. Her song with Jar Boy, so so special, is on YouTube. Um, but she's now going to treat us to an acoustic version. That's a red velvet high five. Thanks, Tush. <laughs> and that was Tush Hire. So special. Gracie Aroha. You've got uh, connections to this uh, wee lass, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Tush Hire is a really good friend of mine. Beautiful original sound, too. Really talented chick. Check her out. Very good. Very good. There you go. Tips for the Tush Hire to keep out for, look out for, for her music. Um, well, we're back to Tinder again. We're lifting the lid off the Tinder box that is Tinder, online dating. Uh, Louisa, you've got some tips about, um, oh, well, some comments to make about some of the photographs on there. Let's have a look at some of the, the guys that you've got on there. So you mentioned before that people have got fish and using animals, but let's have a look and comment on this. 
Okay, so one thing I do like about Tinder is that um, it shows it goes on your Facebook profile and it shows if you have mutual friends and it also shows if you have common likes. Um, so that I trust, like I can contact my friend and say, Hey, do you know this guy? Is he a good guy? Do you recommend him for me? Rather than me just being blind and not realizing that we have, sneaky. That we have anything in common. Well, sneaky, sneaky. This is my life. You've got to, you know, look after yourself. Um, but yeah, so, um, I do recommend that people on Tinder, you know, be honest. Um, I think they really should think about the pictures that they're putting up and kind of link it to their profile. So if they talk about, oh, I love to travel, I love, um, you know, working out, show a picture of you, you know, competing in the tough guy, tough guy competition, if that's what you did, or um, traveling, you know, not just a selfie of your face. Well, let's have a look at some of these photographs. Can you just swipe a, a bit sure. to the left? Okay, what do we got here? Oh, yeah. It just oh, look at that. It's your profile but, um, picture. We're, <laughs> we're seeing who's in your area. Any new... Uh, Pickups no, no around you? I, I swiped left to all of them. I saw a man there with a horse. Does that appeal to you, Mr. Ed, kind of look? Um, I'm not an animal lover myself, no. And like I said, the, the fish and the um, working... Yeah, the, yeah okay. I, I'm wondering if they put the horse there to make themselves look good. Or, or the scary thing is that the horse looks better than the person. Well, you know what's even worse... Is having kids, your, your kids on there instead of actually a profile picture of yourself. I, I disagree. I think the worst ones are the bloody gym selfies yeah, like, yeah. or having their top off. It's just so gross. Um, I also don't like group pictures because you're trying to figure out which is the actual person. And if you're not the hottest person in the picture, do not post it. <laughs> because all we think about is, oh, he's got really hot friends. Um, Swipe into the left, left, Jared. That's, that's the same. That's the same for me. I look at the group photos and it takes, honestly, about four photos to figure out which person am I looking at. And, and, uh, and then when you, you kind of do build up this, I hope it's this one, but then it turns out to be that one. Yeah. And it's, it's even worse when you actually you actually like the person that's actually their friend and not the person in the profile. Uh, Gracie, now you had a situation where you set up a fake account to get onto Tinder. How did that go for you? How did it work out for you? Uh, yeah, so I, I set up a fake Facebook page. I obviously didn't want to use my actual page just for fear of seeing people I know. or I don't know. I just didn't really want someone else to look into my life like that. I wasn't ready for that yet. Just no. baby steps. But you are now. No, no, not yet. <laughs> uh, mine's a bit of a mishmash. So I've got my first photos that I put up, which I call my ugly Betty photos. Um, do you really wear glasses? Uh, no, those are my mother's. <laughs> so, so this is what you're going to look like when your mother's age? <laughs> so in one photo, I've got hideous bangs, pigtails, glasses, and a creepy smile. Um, and then... The next one's my Betty Boo photo. That's not really f- very fugly, um, to no, be honest, Gracie. It's not so fugly, but it's, it's not attractive, you know? It's not meant to attract Beauty men. in the eye of the beholder. You never know what people are looking for. Um, <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is my yeah. druggy photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What That's does cool. it for some? Um, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Really? This was part of my tinder. See, some guys go for that. <laughs> the, the, wet, the wet hair look. They, <laughs> yes. they go for that. They look, hey, look, this girl looks, you know. Erotic spacey, she's very nymph, very nymph. Yeah. Let's see what your photographs. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Jared. You've, you got one of animals in there? Are yeah, you a dog? Yeah. Hey, I um, like that picture of you, Jared. Is that a good picture? Because I never know what's a good picture. Oh, I never know either. We're going to be going now to our next talk. <laughs> We're going to be coming back to save all the tinder, tinderizers. Just let them marinate, tinderize for a bit. 
Um, but right now, uh, this week we had, we spoke to director, Australian director Craig Monaghan about his new movie Healing with Hugo Weaving and Don Haney. Um, so once we go after this interview, we'll come back to you, Jared, <clears throat> and you can give us a bit more of your um, experiences online. Okay, well. The aviaries mainly care of the birds. That'll be your responsibility. Her name's Yasmin. She comes back to you. You know, all this is going to count towards your parole. Have any idea where you might go to? I don't have no one. He's got a 23-year-old son for a start. You don't want to know me. The longer you leave it, the greater risk of failure when you turn them loose. And she's going to really need to work out what you want to get out of this place. What you want. Um, okay, well, it's not too often we get to talk to, uh, you know, people from the other side of the ditch. Of course, we're talking about an Australian movie called Healing uh, that's produced, written and directed, triple whammy, by Craig Monaghan, who joins us now. Hi, Craig. Hi, Walt. How are you? Very good, thank you. Very good. Your movie is fantastic. Um, working with Hugo Weaving is one of the main characters, Matt Perry, the caseworker. Yep. And then the other central figure in the, in, in the film is played by Don Haney as well, Victor Cardam. Is, is, and excuse me for bastardising some of the, uh, the Australian names. If I, mis- if I mispronounce them. No, but working with both of them was terrific, actually. Uh, Don's best known in Australia, probably for a bit of a television actor. Yes. And Hugo, of course, is known much wider than that. And uh, so they come from completely different backgrounds. And uh, it actually worked for us, really. Now, Hugo Weaving, you've also worked before in the past. Is, is there a bit of a bromance um, with, <laughs> you, with you and, and Hugo? Like, is he your go-to actor whenever you get a, a film project? Uh, he has been for the three that I've made. We'll see what happens for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just uh, he's a really nice person and very easy to work with, very supportive, uh, works with the other actors really well. Um, nothing's too much trouble. He prepares very well. Yep, great. And, um, he just has a great uh, screen presence, I think, which I like quite a bit. The Wedgetailed Eagle, I mean, really the film centers around the relationship between a man and a wedge-tailed eagle. And the wedge-tailed eagle is just awesome, six-foot wingspan. And to Don Handy, the actor's credit, he embraced having the relationship with the eagle from day one. Wow. Uh, it was quite extraordinary to watch, actually. I mean, the, the golden rule of acting is, you know, making movies is never work with children and animals. Um, and I suppose... <laughs> And birds as well. A ferocious uh, how... wild beast like <laughs> eagle. <yeah. laughs> Mate, I saw the talons on that thing. They're huge. Uh, was there any danger, like, yeah. uh, any time where any of the actors like danger? Oh, not really. I mean, a couple of scratches, but we had a really good bird handler by the name of Andrew Payne, who's the unsung hero of the film. We had um, these three wedge tails that sort of played one wedge tail. Uh, the birds steal quite a lot of the spotlight of the movie, I must admit. The cinematography on there. It's just amazing what you've captured with the birds. Amazing Well, shots. I mean, that's the mighty Andrew Lindsay, isn't it, who's in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit oh. and everything Peter Jackson's done. <laughs> and uh, Andrew's uh, was going to shoot my first film, The Interview, actually, and then I didn't have the money, and Peter Jackson grabbed him, and he disappeared for 10 years. I, I, can, see, <laughs> I, I can see a common theme here, Craig. He's, he's stolen Hugo, he's got Andrew. I mean. <laughs> oh, never. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, what Peter Jackson's done to one in a million is fantastic. Well, listen, unlike Peter Jackson, you've actually written with Alison Nissel. I hope I pronounced her name right. Yeah, Alison Nissel, yep. Alison Nissel. And you've also produced the movie and directed it. 
Amazing. Well, because there's no money. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had problems here trying to get funding in New Zealand to make movies. I have to say the film is fantastic, and it's a wonderful story. I don't want to give too much away, but um, people can obviously look at the trailer online. Yeah, and I'm hoping uh, audiences connect with it. You know, my wife is a Kiwi. Is she? Oh, good. And so if all her family go, we're going to be a box office hit. Well, she must have good taste in uh, men then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I get over there quite a bit. I'm, I'm around Tauranga, as her parents live. Oh, you and, are? Oh, uh, great. All of the North Island. Good. We've taken two boys down south. It's fantastic. Craig Monaghan, it's been fantastic talking to you, and I'm, and I'm glad we got a, we found a Kiwi, Kiwi connection in your, oh, I know, uh, in, in, your, in your family tree there, so that, that's fantastic. We've just got to change your, we've just got to change your football habits. <laughs> well, mate, if I see you around the bay, plenty around Tauranga, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll give you a bit of we'll give you a bit of a shout. Uh, be great. Nice to talk to you, Walt. been a hard man once, he's just an old man now. Well, the file says he hasn't had a visitor for 18 years, but no one doesn't have a visitor for that long. So who's his lucky caseworker then? I'll oh, piss off. Yeah, no, it was good. Good, good film. Good movie, actually. The Healing. Uh, Healing. By Australian director Craig Monaghan. Aussies do make good films, I must say. The dramas, particularly. Very good, eh? Home and Away. Yeah, it's another good drama. A few New Zealand connections there, too, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Craig Monaghan is married to a Kiwi woman, so obviously he's got good taste in men. And so is the Prime Minister married to a Kiwi woman, so you know, a lot of connections. Very good. Any other Aussie connections? No. Um, I saw an Aussie film last week. <laughs> That's a kind of connection. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to be wrapping up this uh, special episode of, of Tinder. Um, on New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. So we've, we've gone through the trials. Everyone's joined up. We had a go. We swiped to the left. We swiped to the right. We're all swiped out. Um, at the end of it all, um, let's go around the room and just see what we think at the end of it all. Louisa, starting with you. Well, for me, because I'm new to Auckland, I kind of like it. Um, it's a good way for me to meet people. So I guess the question for most people is, do would you feel comfortable meeting anybody from Tinder in real life? And I've met a few people and made some friends. So, yeah, it, it works for me. More power to you and Tinder. Louisa, thank you for coming on today's show. Gracie Aroha, um, is it for you? Is it to be or not to be? Um, definitely it's not, not to be. Um, but I totally appreciate and understand why people use it and why they like it. Um, initially, I thought it was just so barbaric to, like, look at images and oh, hey, swipe left, I don't like you. Swipe right, I do like you. I just found that really kind of, I don't know, I just didn't like it. So we, we, we're thinking that you're going to go to the traditional line and just meet people face to face. Yeah, definitely. I, I like the traditional way. I think it's really nice. Good, good, good. Doesn't work for me because I'm a bit, bit shy. Jared, yourself, uh, to be or not to be? That is the question. <laughs> I think I, I think uh, um, like Gracie. I, I prefer to meet people in person. I think that's where my best qualities are for myself personally. Uh, hard to sell yourself on something like Tinder, and I don't like the whole idea of selling yourself. And just to, uh, in response to you know what we were talking about before, a lot of ladies put up, "I love travelling. I love doing this, and I love." To me, when I see that as a male, maybe I represent other males. Maybe it's just for myself. I'm thinking. Do I need to visit the bank manager? Slightly intimidating when I see photos of girls on big expensive yachts. I think, well, I don't have that. So, well, do you actually read the profiles though? These girls that you 
that come up? I do read the profiles, and as we all do, we try and make ourselves look really good, and, and it almost so good it's out of your league almost. So I sort of in a negative way that mm. tender doesn't work for me. Well, you, you want people to, to, to comment on them justly about your photographs, Gracie? Um, I think what I didn't really like it was it was kind of like a, just a hookup app. I found like a lot of people just wanted to DTF, um, but I do think you can find that one special fish, but you have to go through a lot of douches to get that fish. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, we, we know uh, Louise was talking about guys posing with fishes. Uh, that special fish, Louisa? Um, yep, I agree. I hear what you um, are all saying. And I think one thing is that it's all about appearances, and that's not even the most important thing to me. Like, I'm more about energy, and that you can only get by meeting them in person. Yeah. Okay, the last word belongs to Jared Tito. Make it good, Jared. Make it count. Make it stick. Yeah, I think if you use um, Tinder correctly, you're not going to meet a lot of people because you're going to filter out everyone that doesn't match. Um, but coming on to Tinder, I, I, all I knew about Tinder was a, it was a hookup kind of line. So I went in there and, I, uh, and to, to be honest, I don't think it is. I, don't, I think some guys still think it is. But every woman that I've seen on there has not been into hookups, not that I can see anymore. So good for, good for people, maybe not for me. Good guys and girls, um, thanks for coming in today's show. Um, you know, if you're out there listening and you're on Tinder, don't forget the old sympathy swipe does go a long way uh, for people, especially if you know somebody. Um, with their work colleague or family. I would, I would agree. Sympathy swipe, please. I, I agree. It's a good conversation. Let's just swipe to the, to the what is it, the rights is okay. Sometimes it's all about chatting, isn't it? Swipe away to your heart's content. Okay, girls and guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. And don't forget, check out the amazing Dark Horse movie. Uh, this movie's going to blow your mind. It's going to be the most anticipated uh, Kiwi film uh, this year. Uh, the Dark Horse starring Cliff Curtis and James Rolleston from Boy. You're going to love it. And also, Everything We Loved, uh, the new movie by uh, Max Curry, also is worth checking out as well. So there you go. Go check it out. See you later. See you well. See you well. Yeah. See you well.